in our meditation practice, one of the things that we really like to emphasize, something that I try to emphasize right from the beginning uh, uh, in teaching breath meditation, uh, is that the practice has two primary elements. Two primary elements. So one of the primary elements is what we might call the technology or the technical aspect of the meditation uh, that's found in, in the steps that the Buddha gives us for practicing mindfulness of breathing, the steps that you know, kind of to some extent I, I spoke to uh, in this meditation. Uh, these steps that we practice Step one, keeping the mind on the breath. Step two, cultivating an easeful breath. Step three, cultivating a full body awareness and a pleasurable abiding in the body, and so forth. Uh, this is the technical element of the practice. We, uh, we follow these steps uh, in the service of developing concentration, specifically uh, the qualities of jhana. Our emphasis is on developing the qualities of jhana, the qualities of ease, uh, uh, of pleasure, equanimity, and of course, focus, singleness of mind, focus of mind. One element of our practice is the technical element, the technology, the practice of the steps, and then the other element is the attitude the attitude that we practice with. Uh, and we make an effort in attending to this element of the practice to practice with a skillful attitude, a sublime attitude. Both of these elements are important. And uh, you know, I've often heard Tanisara Bhikkhu say they're equally important. They're equally important. So in our practice, as we're meditating, uh, we learn to put effort into both of these elements, into both of these elements. The technical element, the development of the steps, and uh, the element of uh, cultivating a skillful attitude, a sublime attitude. So in my own practice for many years, I practiced uh, breath meditation, but I didn't have a very... Uh, well-developed technical skill. Uh, it was pretty rudimentary, beginner's level. Uh, so it's, at a certain point, well into my practice, I, I sought out teachers who could uh, teach a more uh, developed skill, a technical element, uh, to really develop the steps of the breath meditation and cultivate uh, the, the qualities of jhana. I was really able, once I learned a more, a more developed skill uh, and applied that skill and put an effort into it, I was really able to develop my meditation practice. My concentration got a lot stronger. Uh, but the second element was not developed. Uh, I still meditated in a way uh, uh, that was less than skillful in terms of my attitude. I didn't really know any better or didn't know really how to, uh, I had very, had very little understanding of how to meditate with a skillful attitude and very little understanding of the importance of that. Uh, 
uh, so I, I meditated with you know a rather unskillful attitude, usually quite aversive and disliking the meditation. I've talked about that often. At some point, I learned the skill, and it's a skill for developing a skillful attitude for practicing meditation with a skillful attitude, with a sublime attitude, with an attitude of compassion and loving kindness. And once I did that, then my then my meditation really developed. You know, it, it went to a completely other level, a different level. Uh, you know, my concentration got a lot stronger, a lot stronger. Uh, I was able to develop the kind of concentration that led to discernment. My life began to change. My life began to change. There was uh, a real noticeable shift in. Uh, the way I related to my suffering uh, and uh, in my capacity to uh, find uh, release from suffering and a greater happiness. So uh, both of those elements, to develop those elements, were really important to me. Uh, but until I really developed that second element uh, in terms of, and that was the thing that came the last for me really, uh, developing uh, a skillful attitude in the meditation, uh, until that happened, my meditation didn't really develop to the point where, uh, uh, didn't develop to the point that it ultimately developed to, didn't develop to the point uh, that uh, I wanted it to, and I think we all want our practice to develop so that it really has a profound impact on our lives. So, uh, to this day, you know, I really have to remind myself of this second element because I like I like the technical part. You know, uh, you know. I mean, what I'd really rather do is sit in front of the TV, you know, and not and not do anything. But but you know, if I'm going to meditate, you know, the technical part is is uh, uh, you know kind of speaks to me more, uh, uh, and uh, I really have to uh, uh, put a lot of effort. So I, I've said this a lot uh, over the last few years. I mean, that's really, I mean, technically, I kind of know what to do in the meditation and I'm pretty good at it, you know, and if I have the time to meditate, I can kind of develop those steps. What I really have to work on is the attitude. You know, what I have to work on is, you know, developing a more skillful and sublime attitude in the meditation and in my life, and in my life. Because that's what it all comes down to, right? It's the attitude that we live our lives with. You know, it's the attitude that we live our lives with. Now, of course, we learn to develop this skillful attitude in our meditation practice. This is our training ground. So, uh, as I uh, have just said, it's a skill, you know? We suggest certain elements of skill, of the skill, uh, to develop in our practice. So in, in the breath meditation, in the sitting meditation, uh, uh, you know, again, all of this is going to come under the category of, he's been talking about this for the last 20 years. I've heard this 9,000 times, you know? We could call this meditation 9001. This is, this is version 9001 of saying the same thing, but you know, 
but it's all, it's a process, you know, it's like we don't develop mastery on these skills. You know, we don't develop mastery of the heart until we become fully enlightened. So, so we need to keep developing our skill. We need to keep developing our skill. So, you know, you know, as a teacher, it's like 9,001 is just as interesting as number one for me, you know, because it's always new and I'm always learning. Never bored. I mean, people would say, "Ah, oh, don't you get bored? You know, you, you're teaching that beginner's class for the 400th time. It's like, how can I get bored? We're talking about loving kindness and compassion and joy. That's not boring, you know. We're talking about the heart and living our lives with greater, in a way that we know a greater happiness. So." Uh, In developing skill, you know, uh, you know, there's certain steps that we follow. Uh, we suggest at the beginning of the meditation, I used to call this preparing the mind. Now I see, I see, I've developed my nomenclature over the years. Now, now I often call it developing a skillful attitude for the meditation, because uh, uh, it's really more than preparing the mind. It's something that we have to do throughout the meditation, but it's good to start the meditation. Uh, with going through the elements of the skill, the first of which is to see what the mind is like. So we sit down to meditate and we see what kind of mind am I bringing to the meditation, what's the attitude, what's my attitude right now as I'm sitting down to meditate. This is really the key. You know, this is really the key to developing skillful attitude is to see what your attitude is. Uh, or as I sometimes say, see what the mind is like. Uh, for myself, you know, when I sit down to med meditate, what I usually see is some kind of an aversion. I don't want to meditate, it's going to be difficult. Other people see other things that are some form of aversion or desire. Some people have a desire to want to accomplish this, that, or the other thing. Other people, it's more of a deluded quality in the mind of, you know, no sense of intention. A lot of people like myself, it's some kind of an aversion. Uh, basically, what you're seeing is your past karma. In any moment of life, you're bringing your past karma to that moment. You've already planted those seeds, and you're going to come across them in every moment of life. So, uh, you know, that's all great to know intellectually. Your job as a meditator is to see that in real time. That's how you change your past karma. So this is really, you know, bigger than I could have really you know, come up with a, a dramatic title to this talk 9001, you know, you're changing your karma, you're changing your life. Uh, so, uh, you know, and the reason why this is such an important step is because, you know, you're learning to see your attitude, you're learning to see your karmic tendency in real time, and that's the only way that you can ever change it, you know, is to see it in real time. It's not about analyzing it the day after. Oh yeah, yesterday's meditation, I was really aversive, right? People talk to me about that all the time. Well, it's great that you kind of know that, but you have to see that in real time. That's how you change your karma, is bringing awareness, right? We talk about this all the time. Bring awareness to what's there. When you have awareness, there's a little bit of space, your relationship to what's in the mind, the attitude changes, 
and in that space there is the potential for wisdom. There's the potential for wisdom, a wisdom that, you, you know, it's often, uh, you know, not something, you know, it's indiscernible, you know. You're not seeing how the heart is touching into an understanding of that karmic tendency, but that's what's happening. I promise you, that's what's happening. You know? Well, it's happening as long as you don't doubt that, you know, or you don't judge what you're seeing. You know, if you can just bring a simple awareness to what you're seeing in the mind, oh, there's aversion to the meditation, oh, there's wanting to have an altered state or something. There's restlessness, you know, I got too much to do, you know, I don't have time for this frivolity of meditation. So, uh, so this first step is really important, seeing what the attitude is. Seeing what the attitude is and just bringing a simple awareness to it. The next step is to cultivate a skillful intention, right? To cultivate a skillful intention. Uh, the third step is to brighten the mind those are the elements that we practice with. I want to really focus today on skillful intention, uh, which we could also call that uh, cultivating a skillful attitude or a sublime attitude. You know, the sublime attitude of compassion, the sublime attitude of loving kindness. So we cultivate that intention, attitude for the meditation, uh, and we do that it's you know it's, I would often say to people you know when I learned, when I first started teaching this you know those were this is going back when I when I tended to be a little bit a little bit more sarcastic and sardonic than I am today and I would you know and I would say tell me how you cultivate a, you know loving kindness you know and people I don't know how do you do that you know uh, how do you how do you you know, how do you meditate with loving kindness? Well, I don't know. How do you do that? It's a good question, right? And it's a good question because it's like something that we really don't understand. And, you know, partly the reason why I think it's difficult for us to understand it is because it's so simple. And you cultivate an attitude of loving kindness first by using fabrication, using thought fabrication. All that we are, the Buddha says, begins with our thoughts. So you say to yourself, I'm going to meditate with loving kindness. Uh, you know, that comes under the category of, you know, duh. But, you know, it, it, we think, well, that can't possibly work, you know, but that's how you train the mind. You use skillful fabrication to develop a skillful, sublime attitude. Use the head, as Thomas Arabiku says, to connect to the heart. So you use fabrication. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to practice with loving kindness. With loving kindness. Now, you know, I mean, that's just, you have to start, all that we are begins with our thoughts. You have to start with the thought fabrication. But, you know, it's kind of like if you say the thought fabrication in a sort of an aversive way, ah, I'm going to practice with loving kindness. You know, you know, if there's, if, if you know, if the, if, if the attitude with which you're, you know, you're, you know, you, you know you, you're learning to fabricate with the attitude, which means, you know, you're trying to bring it down into the body. You know, try to bring the fabrication down into the body. I'm doing this with loving kindness. Feel it. Feel that intention. And then, you know, gradually you begin to get that felt sense in the heart. But we want to try to cultivate that quality of intention in a way that it becomes more embodied. 
right? It becomes more embodied, but it has to start with thought fabrication, right? It starts with thought fabrication. But you have to be very careful. Part of the reason why, uh, I mean, most of the reason why I'm talking about this today is I'm talking about refining your skill, you know, and deepening into your skill. But part of what goes into that is being very careful about going through the motions when you're doing it. So when, I, when I'm setting my intention in the morning, which I've done, which I have a commitment to myself, these steps, that these three steps, I, I've said this a thousand, I've said this 9,000 times, right? Probably 10, 20, 30,000 times. Uh, you know, I have made a commitment to myself many years ago to do every time I meditate, you know? So there's that tendency sometimes to kind of want to go through the motions. So with it, you know, I'm meditating with loving kindness. What's the next thing on the checklist? Ba, 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 ba. Is it time for breakfast yet? You know? Uh, so what I try, you know, my, what I really work on, you know, when I meditate in the morning, when I start out, is, uh, is saying the words with some affect, you know? You know, so it's like, you know, I, I, I could set my intention in a few seconds, but if I see that I'm going through the motions, up, oh, let's try it again. You know, well, let's, all right, you know. So, you know, I wanna try to say the words, you know, to some extent it's a function of alertness, you know, to some extent for a lot of us, it's how much we've developed mindfulness of the body, of course. Uh, but I wanna, you know, kind of, I want there to be some embodied sense uh, when I say the words, I'm gonna meditate with loving kindness, and then hopefully I can start to feel that in the body, and then hopefully, eventually, in the heart. So we learn to do that in the meditation, at the beginning of the meditation, and you know, I started to do that, and my meditation really started to change, and I started to teach that, and then what I realized was, of course, it's not enough just to do it at the beginning of the meditation. I mean, that's going to make a big difference. But during the course of the meditation, we have to practice staying in tune with a skillful intention, with a sublime attitude. So I kind of worked with this quite a bit in today's meditation, right? You know, what this means in large part is during the course of the meditation, that half hour that you're meditating or 45 minutes or whatever it is, you have to be circumspect. You, know, you have to be circumspect. You have to see when you're getting out of tune. It's like a musician. I mean, this is the exact metaphor, as most of you know, that the Buddha used. You know, a musician, you know, it's like, we've got a few musicians here, I think, you know? I mean, you know, you know you're playing your guitar, you notice when you go out of tune, right? You know, it's not going to be such a good thing if you're out of tune, right? So, uh, so you know, in meditation, this is extremely important. You have to notice when you're going out of tune during the meditation. And it's just like, you know, a musician, you know, you hit a few strings too hard, or you play a few songs, you might start to go out of tune, you know? So you have to keep checking, am I in tune? Am I in tune? You know, we often become out of tune. You know, what usually happens in the meditation is, you know, we may, we may set that beautiful intention, I'm going to meditate with a sublime attitude, I'm feeling it, ah, oh, it's wonderful, you know, and then you know, you're five minutes into the meditation and something doesn't go the way that you like, you know, and it's like, this sucks, I don't want to do this, when am I going to have breakfast, you know? So, you know, it's, it's usually that's what happens, is something doesn't go the way that you want it to go, and you shift into a karmic way of responding to that. 
know, either wanting something that you don't have or not wanting what you have. You know, so you know you're gonna. It's very easy to slip back into karmic patterns, particularly when you meet something that is disagreeable. You meet an experience that's disagreeable, or it could be you meet an experience that's really agreeable. You know and you get out of tune because you go into desire, but it's often in meditation, it's difficult, it's hard, it's challenging, we make mistakes, the body doesn't do what we want it to do, God knows the mind doesn't, and we shift into you know, some kind of a habitual karmic pattern. So, you know, this really is beautifully talked about, in, which I'll put in the notes, in Tanisa Rubiku's piece, you know, the road to nirvana is paved with skillful intentions. You know, the, the, the classic axiom is the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And, you know, no, the road to hell is paved with bad intentions, as Tanisa Rabiku says. We might start off with a good intention, but what happens is we slip into past karma and we end up on the road to hell. You know, if you stay with skillful intention, it's only going to lead you to one place, which is nirvana. It's not going to lead you to hell. You know? But this is about developing our skill. Uh, and, and really attending to what the quality of the attitude is in the meditation. So we see when we're out of tune, you know, we're asking, just like I suggested in this meditation that you ask, what's the attitude? What's the attitude? We're sensitive to what our attitude is, just like the musician who has a good ear is sensitive to when his or her instrument is out of tune. What does this sensitivity comprise? Well, sometimes it could comprise words in the mind. Ugh, I hate this meditation. When is it going to be over? You know. But usually it's some kind of, it's more subtle, right? Habitual tendencies tend to manifest in more subtle ways, right? You know, that's how they become habitual, because they become embodied, you know? So, uh, you know, usually or what you want to learn to be able to do is to ask the questions, you know, what's the attitude, and learn to be develop a sensitivity to the body so that you can discern what the attitude is. You know, because primarily you're going to notice that, you know, at least in its more refined way, by how the body is. So you're going to notice what I call dissonance or dis-ease in the body when you start to go into a karmic pattern, a habitual karmic pattern. So it's really important to learn to have this kind of felt sense. So you're asking, what's the attitude? What's the attitude? The key to the whole process is seeing when your attitude is turned unskillful. Now I suggest continuing during the meditation to remind yourself, I'm going to meditate with compassion, I'm going to meditate with loving kindness, I'm going to meditate with loving kindness. But if you're saying that and you know and you're and you're fraught with aversion, you know, that's the classic metaphor, this is one of mine that you've heard six thousand times. That's the cup that's filled to the brim with aversion. It's very hard to get that compassion in there. You know, you got to pour a little bit of that out, and you do that by bringing awareness to that. So, being aware of what the attitude is during the meditation and how it shifts into an unskillful vein is extremely important. And then, of course, you know, continuing to remind yourself of your intention to meditate with a sublime attitude. So, in the homework, I put some notes, uh, some reflections things that you might want to think about during the week uh, or just during this lifetime. Uh, as you meditate, uh, you know, think about some of these questions uh, in terms of 
this element of skill in meditation that we're talking about in terms of attitude. How do I practice? What attitude do I practice meditation with? Do I pay attention to the attitude I'm practicing with? That's the most important reflection. That's the most important question that I would have for you. Do you pay attention to the attitude that you're practicing with? Is that something that you're paying attention to in your practice? To what degree are you able to be sensitive to the attitude that you're practicing with? Do you understand how to cultivate a skillful attitude? Do you understand how to cultivate a skillful attitude? Have you worked to develop that skill? Now, as I've already spoken to, if you can learn to develop these two elements of practice, the technical aspect and the attitude in your meditation, you know, your concentration you know, will develop, will become strong. You'll have to, this is how you develop strong, if you're not interested in developing strong concentration, you can forget about everything I've said today. It doesn't really matter. But if you want strong concentration, these are the things that you need to do. Uh, so if you learn to develop a skillful attitude in meditation, if you practice with a sublime attitude, you, it will strengthen your concentration, but you'll also learn how to be aware of what your attitude is. You'll learn how to cultivate a sublime attitude. You'll learn how to take action, because meditation is an action. Meditation is an action. You're learning how to take action in the meditation that's informed by loving kindness. So one of the things, you know, again, I've already kind of alluded to this a little bit in my own practice. Once I started doing this in the meditation, what we're talking about doing, I really started to see how it shifted in my life. Things started to shift in my life. I began to, uh, to be in my life and to take action and to choose actions that were imbued with loving kindness. But I learned to do that by, you know, through developing the skill in the meditation. So this is our, you know, this is our goal of our practice. Our task in life is to, is to be here with an attitude of loving kindness, a sublime attitude, a sublime attitude. You know, this is the this is the primary sublime attitude. You know, when there's suffering, we shift gently into compassion. When we experience the goodness in life, we shift into appreciation. But there are all sort of subsets of loving kindness. This is our sublime abiding. This is the sublime abiding. Uh, so uh, it's an abiding, it's an abiding, it's an abiding, it's an attitude, it's an abiding. I mean, the word abiding to me connotates, you know, an embodied experience. It's an embodied experience, a sublime abiding. So we're seeking in our life to be here in this life, in our days, with an attitude of loving kindness in a sublime abiding. You know, so it's, you know, our practice is not just to be present. You, know, you could be present and be miserable. You, know? uh, you could be present and doing unskillful things. Our practice is to be here and to be here with an attitude of loving kindness, to have a sublime abiding in this life, not just to be here, not just to be present, but to be present with a sublime attitude and to take action you know, with loving kindness, action that's imbued with loving kindness. You know, we always talk, and I love the Buddhist teaching, you know, if it's blatant actions, big actions, you know, choosing, 
you know, relationships and careers and if it's our work and whatever, or if it's just the subtle day-to-day -day actions. You know, our task is to be here to take action with loving kindness. So the practice is the same as in the meditation. In life, in all postures, in all of our activities, as we go through our days, this isn't, you know, as we go through the rest of today, you know, this isn't for next week, you know, this isn't, you know, well, maybe I'll take a course on this, you know, in September, you know, this is like how we want to live our lives. As we go through our days, we ask and we look to see what's the quality of my abiding? What's the quality of my abiding in this moment? What's the quality of the action that I'm taking? Same questions, really, that we're asking in the meditation. Is what I'm doing imbued with loving kindness? So right now, in this moment, you know, how are we, how are you in this moment right now? You know, are we imbued with metta, loving kindness? I mean, again, it's that same thing. You know, if I say something you dislike, you may go into aversion, you know? Or if, if I'm, what I'm saying about you've heard 9,001 times, you know, and your tendency is to go into boredom, you may be thinking about breakfast, or, you know, folks in Europe might be thinking about dinner or whatever, you know? You may be going into a diluted state. So, you know, we always need to be checking and asking, even in a setting which ostensibly is really going to support our ability to stay present because of the perspicacity of the teacher and uh, you know the, the joy that we have in being with each other which of course really supports being present and the open heart still the tendency can be to go into an unskillful state you know or a semi-diluted state so you know we want to be checking what's my attitude right now what's my attitude you know it's like if in a dharma class which you know probably wouldn't be here if sort of didn't want to be here, nobody's forcing you to be here, you know, no captive audience here, you know, if, if, if it's easy for us to slip into a, a habitual karmic tendency that might be unskillful, you know, what's it going to be like, you know, at 10, th at 11.30, you know, when you turn off the camera, you know, go out there into the world, so we always have to be looking and seeing what's the quality of my abiding, what's the quality of the action that I'm taking. We want to be t making decisions about what to do based on the heart and what conduces to metta. So two questions that I think are, are really good for you to ask uh, as you go through your days in terms of, in terms of working, in terms of uh, cultivating a sublime attitude, uh, you know, two questions I think that are really good. One, what am I doing? What am I doing in this moment? What am I doing in my life? If you want to think about it on a broad scale, but what am I doing? Is the action that I'm taking or the action that I'm about to take informed by loving kindness? Or what action can I take that's imbued with loving kindness? So the first question is the what question. What am I doing? The second question is how am I doing what I'm doing? So once you decide what you're going to do, then you look to see how you're doing it. You know, it's like the meditation, you've already decided what you're going to do, you're paying attention to how you're doing it. You know, in life, you have to make decisions about what to do, 
and then you look at how you're doing what you're doing. When you're acting, you're looking to see what the quality of the action is. You're asking, what's the attitude that I'm doing what I'm doing with? Just like right now, listening. What's the attitude that I'm listening with? Am I acting with an attitude of loving kindness? Am I here in this moment with an attitude of loving kindness? Again, it's, a, it's largely a function of being sensitive, right? As you ask those questions, being sensitive, as Tanisar Bhikkhu says, insight is sensitivity, having a felt sense. You know, is there dissonance? It's like the musician again, you know, seeing if he or she is out of tune. Am I out of tune? Am I here in this moment or doing what I'm doing with an unskillful attitude? And really, you develop this sensitivity in the meditation practice, in the concentration part, when you're developing this mindfulness of the body, mindfulness of the body. This is why mindfulness of the body is so important. This is why the full body awareness is so important. This is why the meditation is so important. You know, we develop concentration, we develop this full body awareness and these jhana qualities so that we can develop discernment. We don't develop those qualities because in and of themselves they're beneficial. I mean, that's part of it, but ultimately we develop those qualities so that we can take action that's informed by loving kindness in support of our wish to be happy because we want to be happy because that's why we're practicing the Dharma. You know, we're practicing so that we can know happiness of heart. So action imbued with metta, compassion is the fruition of the path. So just in closing, uh, I put two sets of reflections that you might, might want to make uh, in your week, in your lifetime, uh, with regard to this theme, uh, the first set pertains to how you meditate. The second is pertaining more to how do you live. You know, uh, do you reflect on the quality of your actions? Do you look to see whether your actions are imbued with loving kindness? The practice isn't so much about, you know, I'm going to act with loving kindness. The practice is more about bringing awareness to how you're acting, right? And seeing what the quality of the attitude is. It all begins with that. That's how you can, you, I mean, you have to come out of ignorance. We're, we're learning to come out of ignorance. You know, the practice, you know, this, this is what leads us to awakening is coming out of ignorance, paying attention to what you're doing, paying attention to your actions, paying attention, paying attention, bringing awareness asking these questions. Is what I'm doing imbued with loving kindness? How am I doing what I'm doing? Do you ask those questions? Do you ask those questions? So that's the reflection. Do you look to see if you're acting with a sublime attitude? Do you make an effort to have a sublime abiding, to be in tune with the heart as you go through your days?